Center field. Correa's watching. This is back. And it's gone. It's a walk-off home run. All right, welcome everyone to a special Matanzarus Game 7 preview, our second Game 7 preview of this postseason. And let's say it, Max, this might be the most exciting day of baseball we have had in a long time. We have a Game 7 between the Rays and the Astros, as I predicted, mind you, and also a Game 6 between the Braves and the Dodgers. We got an exciting matchup, all hands on deck for this Rays-Astros matchup. And we're going to get into it. We're going to get into the pitching side. We're going to get into the hitting side. And it's going to be an exciting game all around. Max, what do we got here? What are your initial thoughts on this Game 7? Well, first, got to give you a lot of credit for predicting seven games. It wasn't looking too good for you, but then the Astros were able to come back, obviously. Um, Big turning point for me was leaving Zach Reiki in to finish that sixth inning. And the Astros have been dominant ever since in this entire series. It's been incredibly fun to watch. Not only that, but the contrast between Kevin Cass, which is a more progressive outlook on baseball, and you got Dusty Baker, who's been pulling out some tricks from you know the 70s and 80s and 90s to uh, get this one done as well for a little bit of the series so far. It's been so much fun. Uh, I think these two teams are really great in both of their own ways, and then we see Diaz with the little... Uh, little I don't even know how to explain it but yelling at Valdez last night uh, creates a little bit more of a spark in this series as well especially as we get into game seven so it could not be any better I'm really excited and let's get underway with it I think one of the biggest things that I want to talk about here first is the first three games of this series because while the Rays were able to win all three of them I think the reason why the Astros are still in this series and were able to force a game seven was their ability to stay in those ball games and grind and grind and grind uh, the Rays bullpen pitched 44 percent of those innings in the first three games of the Rays won. And the big part of that was, one, Snell and Morton both historically the last year or so haven't really gone more than five innings. But another reason was both of them were at about 100 pitches through five innings. Blake Snell both in his game one start and his start last night in game six. The sharpness is not there. This is not the same Blake Snell we saw when the Cy Young back in 2018. And the Astros, their ability to put pressure on him, even though he's been limiting them in the run column, uh, has gotten to that bullpen earlier, and while it resulted in losses, they were able to, I want to say, tax it, and with no days off, I think that's played a really big role so far. Yeah, I mean, you said it again. These bullpens have played a major part in this series. Obviously, Lance McCullers had a great start early on in the series. We saw Valdez go deep into the game, fairly deep, I guess, in this day's age. Um, <laughs> but again, it's become a matchup, really, of the Astros' bullpen, which has been seen as a weakness for them, versus the Rays' bullpen. And the Astros' bullpen has done an admirable job hanging in there in games, keeping them competitive. Uh, they've used their main guys. I, I know Presley, again, we'll get into this a little bit more late, or later. Uh, Presley's been used in all the last three games, which the Astros have won, to close those games out. Taylor's been used heavily in four of the games um, and they've also used Paredes in three, Scrub in three, whereas the Rays have kind of gone with a mix of guys. We've seen some of their guys have been used a little bit uh, heavily, and Curtis has pitched in four games, Loop in four as well. Uh, they're going to go into. We're, I would assume they're going to. We're going to see Anderson sometime early on tonight if um, if Morton gets in any sort of jam. And again, I, I, I imagine that if unless McCullers pitches pretty well, we're going to see both bullpens early on in this game again. Charlie Morton. Uh, recently hasn't gone deep into any games all season. I don't think he's pitched into the sixth yeah. inning and really any of his starts thus far Unless over the even into the regular thirds. season. Yeah. 
Yeah, so he hasn't even thrown six innings this year, so I'd imagine again. I'd be surprised, actually, if he goes more than four. That's obviously, of course, if he's not completely dominant, which I don't really see happening. He got hit hard in the first start of the series for him. Uh, the Astros were right all over him. And uh, again, I think I think Cash is going to be uh, eager to get into that bullpen because that's been the race strength all season. Yeah, and I think it'll be pitcher by committee tonight, all hands on deck. Uh, I think you'll have Glass now available if you want to. Of course, they didn't use any high leverage guys yesterday besides Alvarado and uh, Castillo. I, I think maybe Castillo might be unavailable, but then again, this is Game Seven. You got to imagine they're going to do whatever they can to architect this win. Uh, and I think if you or at least for me coming into this series, and I give you a lot of credit for not sleeping on that Astros pitching staff because what I was saying was don't sleep on the Astros offense, but their pitching staff has been fantastic both in the bullpen and in the uh, starting rotation. If you go back to game five, I believe it was both bullpen games, and you asked me to bet on who's going to win that game, the Rays or the Astros. I would have said the Rays, hands down, and the Astros were able to pull off that win and then a big performance from Valdez tonight. I truly think if... The Astros win tonight. The ALCS MVP will either be Correa or Valdez. And I even might be leaning more towards Valdez just because how important those two starts were for them. Yeah, Correa's been just so exceptional in this series. Just we saw him pumping up Valdez after that pitch. Those two guys that you mentioned might be MVP candidates. I know you loved it again. I found it hard to come around on that Astros uh, (laughs) leader. Correa after that whole cheating scandal again I'll say it again every time we talk about the Astros you know I have to bring that up just because it's such a huge thing uh you know the baseball world is gonna be rooting for the Rays tonight I would imagine again the fact that the Astros came back from a three nothing deficit to the Rays is pretty miraculous in its own only one other team the 2004 Boston Red Sox have done it before and it really pains me to put them in the same class or in the same sentence as them obviously since that 2004 Red Sox team was so lovable but uh, again, the Astros have done it. You've got to give them a ton of credit. They fought back. I know I, I brought up and I predicted that it would be a game seven, but I did not think it would be in this way. I don't think anyone would have predicted that they would have came back and won three in a row to force a game seven. But it makes it even all the more exciting now. Because again, it, if there's anything that would get baseball fans to root for this Astros team, potentially it would be this miraculous comeback. It's a great story. Yeah, and I think the Correa moment right there was one of two moments where I I don't want to say I gained a little bit more respect for the Astros, but my thoughts changed them a little bit. I think I'll be the first to say that I don't like Carlos Correa. I don't like how he handled the sign-stealing the sign-stealing situation with how he reacted to the media and his interviews and so forth, and how he's continued to just push it off to the side and have some chip on his shoulder this entire postseason. It bothers me. It really does. But the ability to handle that Yandy Diaz situation, one, to not even let him get to Valdez because he went up there and started talking to Diaz and then come back and motivate, give Valdez a little pep talk. I I respect that a lot, and that's something we don't see in Major League Baseball a lot, especially as of late, and I thought that was great for the game right there and a great moment for the Astros. But another really big moment that I want to talk about, you mentioned um, their ability to stay in these ballgames, is uh, Dusty Baker, game four, the Astros were down three to nothing, and the decision to leave Zach Greinke in that ballgame. Greinke even said after the game that he had thought that the Astros hadn't trusted him in several situations in the past year. There were a couple outings I looked at, Ryan, where he had gone five innings or so and threw only 70, 80 pitches. I think a part of that was because it was the beginning of the season and they didn't have too much of a spring training type preseason, so they wanted to 
slowly uh, bring him in. But also, if you go back to the wild card game where he only threw four innings on like 70 pitches, giving up one run to the Twins. So I think the ability to have that trust in a guy like Zach Greinke and get through that sixth inning one not only helped your bullpen by not putting them in a high-pressure situation, which is always a lot harder and more difficult than, of course, if no one's on, but also to have that trust to kind of spark something for this Astros team. I really think that was the big turning point in this series. Yeah, and again, another glaring moment. I, I know Granke, again, that had that quote that was a little bit controversial, but it's true. When you look back at Game 7 in the World Series last year, Granke really wasn't, it wasn't like he had thrown like 115 pitches when they took him out and brought in Will Harris, uh, who obviously gave up that two-run home run to Howie Kendrick, one of the greatest moments in World Series history, potentially. But that that's the most glaring example to me that they didn't, trust him there. A.J. Hinch took him out, brought in Will Harris, went to the bullpen, and we saw Dusty Baker, like you said, trusted Granky, and I think that really meant something to him. Again, we saw him smiling, walking off the mound, which is not an emotion you see too yeah. much from Granky. You don't really see him ever smile, and I think, again, that's a huge moment. Again, another huge turning point for the Astros is having that faith in their in their starting pitchers, and I think it, sh- it shows the Astros' whole team having faith in themselves and really having that confidence. You don't come back from a 3-0 deficit if you don't have some faith and confidence in yourself and I'd be really afraid if I was the Rays tonight I know they're obviously not going to be afraid because they're a major league baseball team they believe they're going to win this game but the Astros have so much momentum rolling behind them right now that it's it's going to be really difficult to stop uh, obviously I think everything changes once you get in the game if the Rays come off and put up like a four spot in the first inning I think the momentum swings way back in their favor but if you're an Astros fan you're thinking, okay, we were down 3 nothing in this series and we came back. I don't think any lead in this game is going to be insurmountable for this Astros team just because they have such confidence in their ability to bounce back. No doubt about it. I think this is a completely ra- or a completely different race team than we saw even in the American League Division Series. I think they had all the momentum, of course, leading this series 3 to nothing. but that's all out the window right now. I mean, we saw the emotion displayed by them on the field yesterday. Yandy Diaz trying to spark something by shouting out at Valdez. Mike Zanino, my boy, snapping the bat. Um, over his knee. It's a completely different race team right now. And I think if you're the Astros, you know, you want to jump on the board first and assert your dominance, keep that momentum going because you're right. If the rate you hit on the nail, if the Rays do come out in front early, all of that work and everything they've built these last three games for the Astros is kind of out the window at that point. And then they'll be having to battle back once again and then have to face that bullpen. So I think that'll be a really big key coming into this ballgame tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to just look in. I guess we talked a little bit about the bullpens earlier. I think it's time to point out some maybe some key players to keep an eye out for. We'll start on the pitching side. I think, again, like we said, Nick Anderson will be a guy that that will look out for early in this game. He's pitched in games two and five, so he hasn't been used that heavily. I believe one of his outings actually was a little bit longer than an inning, so maybe that's why he was given some rest after, after that game two uh, outing. Another guy to keep an out for would be Castillo. He's pitched in games one, three, and six. He was used pretty heavily yesterday, got roughed up a little bit yesterday. So it would be interesting to see if Cash is willing to go back to him today. And Pete Fairbanks is also one of their high-leverage guys. He was he pitched in games two and three. One of those was a two-inning outing. And uh, he should be fresh and ready to go today. So I would not be surprised. I'd actually be shocked if we don't see him in this game. 
Yeah, no, I think there's a 100% chance for sure. And something that the TBS broadcast was talking about is how Kevin Cash does not chase ball games. If they're trailing in a ball game, he's not going to try to go out of his way to, per se, burn one of his A pitchers, uh, especially in a series of this format right here with no days off. So not really bringing in any of those high-leverage guys yesterday gives them the ability to use them tonight. Uh, I, I do think we see a lot of mixing and matching. I don't expect Morton to go too deep unless he has dominant stuff, you know, 2019, 2018 Charlie Morton stuff. Uh, but I, I do I do think we could even see a guy like Glass now come in for a couple of innings here to tr- to kind of bridge the gap to Fairbanks and Anderson in the back end of that pen. Because I think if you're the Rays, that's the goal right there, to try and jump on the board early and then shut down this Astros offense as they did in games one, two, and three. But the problem for the Rays, Ryan, is that they've been struggling to score runs. I think they've been way too reliant on the home run ball this year. And a lot of those have been solo home runs. And, you know, have they even scored more than five runs in this series? I mean, I'm not looking right now, but it seemed that way for the entire first six ball games. The most runs looking through it, they have scored in this series is five, as you had said. Uh, again, and, it, and it's kind of been um, a, a glaring weakness has been not one guy has stepped it up. And uh, Randy oh, Rosarena, let me yeah. let me correct and myself. Margot's been good too. Uh, yeah, Margot has been okay. He's shown some power that we haven't seen from him too much before. Uh, but y- you got to have more than two guys hitting above average in your lineup. And everyone, it's not like everyone else has been close to average. The rest of the lineup has been way underperforming and it's been a glaring weakness again their best hitter all year Brandon Lau has struggled mightily uh, in this series we saw him hit a home run the other day and you thought maybe that might be a sign of life for him but after that his at-bats were just very poor they need you, uh, he needs you again, to shut him out again man yeah I know earlier in the season what Max is referring to is I pointed out how much Brandon Lau had struggled coming into September and after I put out that tweet I think he was absolutely raking the ball after that. Not that not that it really made a difference, but we kind of found it comical ourselves. But uh, a guy, again, who I will point out, always puts up great at-bats is G-Man Choi. I, I love to talk about him. He's such a fun player to watch on the side, but he always puts up professional at-bats. Even on his strikeouts, he doesn't really give up. You can see he's always fouling off pitches, has a an amazing eye at the plate. He'll look at, he'll spit on pitches off the corner, uh, inches off the plate. Uh, he's really good at controlling the strike zone in that way, and I think he'll again play a huge factor in this game against the right-handed Lance McCullers. You'll know you know he'll be in the lineup. I'd imagine in the four spot. He he uh, hit in the five spot the other day also, but I think Cash will probably bump him back up to the four spot in this game. Yeah, I have the numbers right here. As a team, as a whole in this series, the Rays are hitting a buck ninety-nine, OPSing six sixty-three. So obviously not the numbers you'd be looking for if you're Kevin Cash. And it's not like we need them to be the New York Yankees or the Atlanta Braves. You know, you just need them to be able to put that pitching staff in a good enough situation. But of course, it's getting a little chaotic right now with the no days off that they're gonna have to step it up a little bit. And again, it's not necessarily a bad thing to be reliant on the home run ball, but you gotta be able to create traffic on the base paths here so you're not just, you know bringing in one home or one run on a home run if you hit three solo home runs great that's three runs but if you can bring in a couple guys on some extra base hits into the gap with runners on that could be five six maybe even seven runs in a couple or in the span of a couple innings so I think that'll be another big key tonight try to get on base whether that be through the walk or some base hits and put some pressure on Lance McCullers for sure so he cannot get into a groove early on Another thing I wanted to talk about, and I know you love the advanced stats and so forth, uh, I was looking at the expected batting averages for the Astros through the first three games in this series compared to the Rays, and literally it is so interesting to see how the Rays even won this ballgame, and I think a big part is their defense and their pitching as well. But if you take a look, in Game 1, the Astros had an expected batting average of 319 compared to the Rays' 189, and then in Game 2, the Astros had an XBA of 357 compared to the Rays' 
buck 67 so that's almost that that is 200 points higher right there but the Rays were able to find a way to win the first two ball games again showing how important their defense was but now the hits are starting to fall and I think we saw yesterday when George Springer hit a little squeak ground ball through the four hole which was vacant because of the shift on to score a couple of runs and so forth the only guy who really is still struggling to have the ball fall down for him is Alex Bregman at this point and maybe Yuli Gurriel but these Astros hitters are starting to heat up a little bit we've already known what Altuve and Correa has been able to do and I think that's another big role in their success so far the last couple of nights yeah again the Rays are just so reliant on the home run ball Uh, I'm just looking at the stats this season uh, the Rays led all of Major League Baseball as a team in strikeouts. They had 608 strikeouts. The next closest team was the Brewers at 582. So they struck out an astronomical amount this season. It didn't really impact them, again, because their pitching and defense was so good, as you mentioned. Uh, and their their bullpen, obviously, is such a huge strength that they could they keep them in, in games, and they've won so many close games this season. But now their offense, it's, uh, the swing and miss in their offense has become a glaring weak, weakness this postseason. As we have seen, they've just struggled to manufacture runs. And when you come across good pitching like the Astros pitching has been this, this series, you're going to have a tough time get, getting manufacturing runs when your only chance is an all-or-nothing approach That's with it. that home run approach. So uh, I think we're going to have to see some guys. I think a guy who is done okay this series. It's been about average again for the Rays. Another guy, maybe one of the only guys who's been around average is Joey Wendell, just because he's one of those guys who shortens up. He's one of the few guys in that Rays lineup who can shorten up and hit the ball through that shift on the left side. We've seen a couple of hits for him against the shift, which has been key in getting on base. But you can't just have one guy getting on base in the lineup again. Um, It's going to be key. I think it's going to come down for the Rays in this game. They're not going to be able to change up their whole approach at the plate. I think they're going to go with that all-or-nothing approach and and lean heavily on the home run ball to help push them over the Astros in this Game 7. No doubt about it. I mean, if you even look at Game 2, they had four hits. Two of those were home runs, one from Mike Z and then another from Margot, which was aided by that Altuve error. Thank goodness for the Rays' case, it was a three-run shot because of that error that allowed the base runner to reach in the inning to continue. But yeah, I think that'll be a big key tonight. Something I noticed with Valdez in last night's ball game was that there were a couple of innings late. I think it was the fifth and sixth where the Rays were able to draw some walks, get into some 3-2 counts, and it looked like maybe the tide was starting to shift. It was still a ball game that was in reach, I think 4-1, uh, but then we saw them either strike out or ground in, or ground out into a potential double play ball. I remember Wendell grounding into what could have been one, but he beat it out, and that's what you can't you can't see that happen, obviously. You need them to continue to keep the line moving, especially in this ballgame tonight. Pressure, pressure, pressure. It's a broken record out of my mouth at this point, but that is going to be the big key tonight for me. You mentioned in the first three games has been the really the raised luck in the first three games. It wasn't like they were throwing out the Astros. They were getting a lot of key double plays in the right spot to get them out of jams. Same thing against the Yankees, who they were able to beat in that game five. And they, we saw the Astros get really unlucky on balls and play, which, again, you can attribute a little bit to the Rays' great defense. But when a guy lines out hard to Joey Wendell like three times in a game, then that's not so much about the great defense. It's more about the unluckiness of the Astros. So I think we're going it, to – it's tough. I think we're going to see that in the past three games, I think we've seen things even out a little bit. I'm going to say it's a bit of an even playing field tonight. I think the Astros unlucky got a little bit – uh, saw a little bit of the luck turn back their way in the last three games that they missed in those first three. Uh, and this series evened out a little bit coming into game seven. I'm still going to stick with my prediction for the Rays winning this game just because of all the pitching they have. I think we're going to see them go uh, to 
to Anderson early in this game within the first five innings, much like they did in game five against the Yankees. I think we're going to see that same pitching pattern. Uh, you said earlier that you thought Glass now might be the first guy to come in after Morton or, or one of those first pitchers uh, to bridge the gap for those later inning guys. I think Cash is going to roll with this late inning, quote unquote, late inning guys, power relievers early, and then maybe go to Snell late in the game. I mean, excuse me, Glass now late in the game, like we thought he, he might go to Snell in Game Five against the That's what I against the Yankees. Too, yeah. I was going to say I think that he would rather have used those high leverage guys throughout that entire ball game and go to glass now if he needs to just because those guys have experience going out of the pen they're comfortable with it and they're comfortable in those situations as well as versus if you throw Tyler Glass now out there I'm not quite sure how many relief appearances he has in his major league baseball career uh, but I would assume it's less than three or two uh, so I, I agree and I think that he wants those guys in those situations because that's how he architects it or that's how he has been architecting it for the last couple of seasons here why change it if it's you know, ain't broke, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it is what I'm trying to say right there. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I think last knows only coming in if they knew too late in this ball game. Yeah, absolutely. Again, now we're on the same page a little bit there. I think cash all year has relied on these high leverage guys. And I think he's going to go out ride or die with these high leverage guys as well. Uh, we would be amiss if we didn't point out how great the Astros lineup is and how, what, what a big factor George Springer and Carlos Cray and Jose Altuve will be in this game as well. I could see them all making a huge impact. Springer, again, has just been a force in this postseason in the career, in, in, in his career, excuse me. And uh, I would I would be very, very careful if, if I was Charlie Morton throwing a first pitch, first pitch pat, yeah. uh, fastball in the strike zone <laughs> against Springer. I would not throw a first pitch fastball in the strike Strike zone. I'm not even sure I would throw a first pitch, first pitch breaking ball in the strike zone. I would pretty much try to get it. <laughs> I would not throw anything to Springer close is what I'm trying to say, because the last thing the Rays want is uh, Springer leading off the game with a home run. Uh, Correa, again, you know, has had a chip on his shoulder all year. Uh, he's going to be trying to make a big, big impact in this game. And Jose Altuve, If uh, let me just say something real quick. If I have to hear one more time about Jose Altuve making an easy throw to first base, I understand it was a storyline earlier in the season, earlier in the series, because he made a couple throwing errors. But every time he makes a throw to first base, the broadcast has to make a comment about what a great play, Altuve. <laughs> Not a great play. He made the he was, he's making the, the play routine. that he didn't make earlier yeah. in the season. Yes, uh, I hope that's a, some kind of storyline. Uh, for the sake of Altuve and for the sake of the broadcast, because we we would we would rather see a clean game of baseball here. I think Altuve's bat has been huge this series. I'd be very careful pitching to him if I was Morton. But then again, the whole Astros lineup is dangerous. It's pretty much for the most part been dangerous. Obviously, Gurriel has struggled a little bit. Um, some other guys haven't made a huge impact, but their lineup against the Rays bullpen is going to be the, the matchup to watch this game. I think the Astros pitching and the Rays hitting are both on the weaker side for both of them. So that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye out for. But I think, again, the marquee matchup that we're here to see in this game seven is the Rays pitching versus the Astros hitting. And that's going to be the key of this game. Yeah, and you talk about the broadcast mentioning the Altuve error a lot in this entire series. And look, I'll say it first. They're one of my favorite crews I've ever watched. But another thing they continue to talk about is the shadows. And for obvious reasons, it does play an impact. There will be no shadows very likely tonight here. As it is a 537 start time, local time in San Diego. So that should not be an issue. So we should not be seeing, you know, 
the first nine guys striking out in this ballgame, which is what it seemed like the last couple of nights and so forth. Another thing to keep in mind, too, is Lance McCullers. I was taking a look at some of his uh, or some of his numbers this season. 60% ground ball rate, which is absolutely unbelievable. Only gave up five home runs and about 55 innings pitched. Uh, so that could work well to a Rays team that is prone to the long ball, but this entire postseason, he's given up five home runs in 11 innings. So a big question for me, too, is which Lance McCullers will we see tonight? And I think that'll be another big role through the first one and a half, two times for the order for McCullers against the Rays. Yeah, we saw him pitching. It's a little bit unfair because uh, that Dodger series was, the ball is jumping, or excuse yeah. me, yeah, that uh, A's Astros series in the Dodger Stadium was, again, like you mentioned, the ball was just flying there. So it's a little bit unfair to use those home run numbers against him there. But uh, say, he gave the, up the home run to Margot in, in the first game of the series, what I was going to say, or, or the second. Yeah, he gave up two home runs in this series. So that's something to keep an eye out for. Just Lance McCullers keep the ball on the ground, like you said, because that's, that, that's a huge deal with this Rays lineup. If they can't hit the long ball, they're pretty much going to lose. That's been a common theme around all Major League Baseball this postseason. Basically, if you hit more home runs, you win, which is kind of uh, not, I wouldn't say ruins the the, uh, the the baseball part of the game. It does make it a little bit exciting. That's an argument for, uh, for another day. I, we, both you and I have talked about, I know you like to see a little bit of mix of run scoring, and I think it makes it exciting for all baseball fans to not just see home run after home run after home run. Here's- but uh, the, the, thing, the fact of the matter is home runs are going to be a huge factor in this game. And uh, Lance McCullers, again, limiting those home runs is a huge storyline to watch. Yeah, and I, I'll say this, and I, we, we will talk about this in the offseason. I know we will. But my thoughts on it are, just to get the big gist of it, is I like the home run. I mean, I've been living in home run paradise the last two, three years. You have too. That's the new name of the game here. I was just, it's not as entertaining to me when, you know, I think it takes away the excitement of the home run when it's home run, home run, home run, home run, home run. You have six, seven home runs in the span of, five six innings I like to see a little bit more action when you know you have a double into the gap with a couple runners on and they all score or you have to execute a little bit more which is why I think the Rays have been struggling offensively in this series is because literally that's what they're relying on and if they could come up with some big base hits with some runners on base I think that would heavily benefit them but again as you mentioned I don't think they'll change that tonight that's the way you've been going this entire season why are you going to try and change it right now if it's worked for you and it's gotten you to this point I I think they will continue for that all or nothing approach so yeah, like you said, you can't really change it up at this point. Uh, and I'm not changing up my prediction either. I still got Rays in seven. That's what I went from for from the start. That's what I'm sticking with. That Rays pitching depth is going to come come in key at this point in game seven. And Max, let's reiterate your prediction. What do you got? I still think Rays in seven. I, I'm very in between on this. I told you before, my gut really does say the Astros. I'm not going to lie to you. I've had a lot of fun watching them the last couple of nights, even though, you know, they are – the most hated team in Major League Baseball. But I do think the Rays in seven, I think they're built for situations like this. We saw in game five, it benefited them. I think it'll benefit them right here as well. And I am so excited for this ball game tonight. I think it will be the best game we see this season, at least up to this point. Anyway, that's going to wrap up the show today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Matanzas. That was our Game 7 recap, of course. Make sure to look around on the podcast app tomorrow as well to see a Game 7 preview for the Dodgers and Braves, if necessary, if that does happen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy this ballgame tonight. Rays, Astros, Game 7. Going to be a good one.